What up, basketball world? It's your boy, Zach, for another episode of Not In My House podcast. No air today, so I'll be going solo with a returning guest. And if this is your first time hearing him, it would be in season one, episode 97, which is the first time we had him, so you can learn all about his backstory and all the wonderful things that he's done. But we got to get to this introduction. He's the assist man from Framingham State, where he is third the nation in dropping dimes, defensive player of the year, 20 years of officiating hoops under his belt. He's a writer, storyteller, New Bedford legend, basketball historian, Not In My House podcast alumni, and most importantly, our good friend, the con man, Michael Consacio. Con man, what's good, brother? How you doing? Welcome back. You know something? Uh, thank you for having me back. You guys are doing such a great thing as I spoke before we, we got on the air. You know, I've been following you guys. You guys have done tremendous. And you guys gave me my first opportunity to, to know what it's like to be able to do a podcast during the pandemic. And I owe you guys a debt of gratitude for what you all done for me. And because of what you all did has been a springboard for me to do other shows and other topics. So I want to give a shout out to you guys. Hey, we really appreciate that, man. And I listened to a couple of your episodes. I mean, the Sam Jones one was one that I really loved. I mean, that was one of my childhood idols. And, you know, it's uh, it's crazy to think it's been nearly two years since we had you. We posted our last episode on December 2nd, 2020. I mean, nearly two years. And here we are still connected. So, I mean, this yes. podcast world, it's a special world, man. So we're just glad to have you back on. Hey, I'm glad you guys have me back on. I'm, I'm so excited. And I got some good stories, my man. I got them. I got them. You know me. I got them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're definitely going to let you tell all those stories. And, you know, before we get started, um, I mean, just kind of catch up our listeners. Like, what have you been working on the last two years? Do you have any projects coming up? Like, are you still uh, you still doing your show? Like, uh, just catch us up a little bit. I see that you're doing some clinics around the city. So uh, just tell tell our listeners about what, what, what you got going on. Well, you know something? Um, I've been blessed. Uh, because uh, my upbringing, you know, my dad always told me to recognize others. And that's what I do right now. I'm retired. As you know, I worked uh, Department of Corrections for 30 years. And uh, I'm proud of the fact that I used to bring outside basketball teams into the prison. And uh, the best of the best, by the way, the best of the best. Yeah. And it was great uh, for them, two hours, to be to have, you know, a normal life. And that gave me obviously instant uh, respect. And, uh, you know, I did that for a while. Uh, like I said, I did 30 years in the prison. 
Uh, I've been refereeing for 40 years now. I uh, referee in the uh, Burgo Basketball League where we have five outdoor courts. We service over a thousand kids. Um, I also do a thing in honor of my dad. My dad died when I was 17 years old. So every Thanksgiving Eve at the New Bedford Boys and Girls Club, 36 years in a row, it's only supposed to be one. What we do is we uh, we have a get together Thanksgiving Eve, every Thanksgiving for year number 36. And we um, honor you know, my dad and all those who have passed. And uh, that's very important to me. Uh, also right now, as far as basketball is concerned, you know, I just completed doing the uh, basketball summer leagues. I'm doing a, a free basketball clinic out here in New Bedford, Mass. We've been known to have some, you know, trouble with gangs and all that stuff. And a lot of times parents can't afford to have their kids go to camp. So I'm going to do something for three consecutive weeks where I'm going to do a basketball camp and teach these kids the real fundamentals how to play the game the way it should be played. It's free. And I'm very excited about that. You know, of course, I'm doing my shows. You know, I'm in the process of having my own show uh, on the Sports Empire Network, uh, hopefully, uh, very soon, where I can really do what I want to do. You know, uh, sometimes you get on shows and you have to adhere to, you know, different things. But I want to do what I want. I'm 62 years old, and I want to do what I feel is important. Uh, because who knows how much time I got. So I'm going to do what I got to do. That's why I'm glad uh, I was able to come on your show to speak about the history of the game and some of the things that mean so much to me. And uh, I'm glad that you all have given me the platform to be able to do that. So, yeah, I'm doing my shows. I'm doing, you know, thing for my dad. Uh, I'm refereeing. Um, I- I'm enjoying life. That's awesome. I mean, 62, still reffing games, still getting up and down the court, still doing clinics. I mean, you're staying young. I mean, you're doing pretty good for 62. Let's get real. And uh, I just think it's an awesome thing that you're doing, giving back to the game and giving back to the community. And, I mean, basketball is a beautiful thing. Like, I know from coaching and running camps and, you know, uh, coaching teams, like, just how special basketball is. Like, you can just connect people of different cultures, different races, different backgrounds, and just a beautiful thing. So I just love that you're giving back to your community like that. Um, and you still got the pro-am, right? You still got the pro-ams up there? Oh, like absolutely. You know, um, again, that's a, a thing that's, that's so important to our community. And um, matter of fact, uh, I'm going to keep it real with you. Um, uh, this, the past two summers, and I'm going to send you all the info and the, and the film of it. Uh, we have, well, make me, it's basically a guy by the name of Brian Rudolph who played Division One at um, – uh, Maryland, out of, out of uh, Maryland. Uh, he basically runs it now. We did it for 40 years, but the guys who I did it with now, they're getting older now. As you know, I'm 62 and I'm the young one. So that kind of stopped. So the new generation has taken over. Yeah. And we just had year number two of, uh, uh, as you want to call it, uh, Pro Am, where the, uh, it was a money tournament, $10,000. Nice. Our place was packed. It was un. The best talent you ever. I'm gonna give you one name. You may or may not know that participate, but he got hurt. His hips got hurt. His name was. He played for UConn. He went to Miami Heat. Uh, what was his name? Uh, two years ago, three years ago. Uh, Shabazz Napier. Shabazz, Shabazz. Yes, he was there. Just to give you an indication of how much talent is at that 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 level, he was there. Oh, absolutely. Wow. But he hurt his hip. I was hamstring. But um. Yeah, uh, our pro-am is off the hook. Uh, it usually occurs during the Cape Verde Independence Day Parade. And like I said, it's a $10,000 money tournament. It's off the hook. I'm going to send you the highlights. 
It's amazing. Yeah. I'm still involved with that. Yeah, I'm I still doing. I'm still doing a lot of things as far as again. It's not about me anymore. Because when you're young, you know, you want to present and promote yourself. Hey, nah, I'm done with that, man. I, hey, <laughs> I'm just trying to promote others and help others out. So that's me. You know what I mean? I've had the pleasure of having the friends that I've had. You already know my, one of my best friends in the world, Eric, referee NBA. My boy David Lado, head coach of DePaul. And uh, I mean, I, I've been blessed, you know. I, I've had great friends and I have access to, you know, uh, I want to congratulate Lou Hudson, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. great, great he came down in New Bedford. That's one. Uh, Nate Archibald, you know, Jojo White, God bless his soul. Uh, of course, you know, about me playing against Dr. J, which was, I think, uh, that's total ridiculous. Uh, that, uh, that was amazing at, at the age of 16. You know, so I've been blessed to be able to have access to a lot of players and uh, which I want to bring about something that I think I told you about before, but I'll bring it up. Um, because I like to recognize other people, uh, not just sports particularly. And, and one of my cable access shows, I, I recognize community service people and what they do. So far, I've given out over 275 recognition awards. Yeah, I think 275. So I, I want to recognize those that otherwise would not be recognized. And I've done two articles. I did one with the top 100 players of all time in the South Coast region. Then I just did another one, uh, which I added 35 more. Uh, you can look it up. I'll send it to you as well. Uh, just to recognize those individuals who have made a, a big contribution to our city and our community. And, you know, sometimes people forget them. As yeah. long as I'm around, they won't be forgotten. So it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to do that. Um, but anyway, so there's a guy by the name of Chops Turner, great singer. See how this ties in. So I'm going down. I used to do my show, my first show. After having been on your show, thanks to you guys, I was able to do a show uh, called The Great Sports Debate. It was a place called Kilbourne Mill Center out here in New Bedford, south, southeast of Mass. Me and a uh, friend of mine, uh, Brian Magnet, did the show. So I ran into some guy. His name was John. Check this out. John Ippolito. And uh, uh, he said, well, you know, hey, I'm starting out. I'm going to get some music in, in, the, in this building. I said, well, I know somebody. I said, a guy by the name Chops Turner. So I get Chops, who's from Phenomenal. We go upstairs. I got my DePaul shirt on. My boy Dave Lego. I got my DePaul shirt on. And Chops has, you know, his gifts. And some guy, six foot eight, walks in. He has a Yukon shirt on. And then we start talking about it. And so John goes to me and says, hey, do you know anything about basketball? I said, mm, I think I know a little bit. I, I might know a little. I, I might know a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, I swear to please believe this. He gets on the phone. Check this out. He gets on the phone. He goes like this. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what is he doing? Check this out. Yo, number 24, how you doing, my brother? How's everything going? Da, da, da. I'm like, who is he talking to? So I'm sitting there with Chops, and uh, I still don't know who he's talking to. He said, hey, would you like to say hi to my friend Mike Casacio and Chops too? Guy gets on the phone. He said, hey, how you doing, Mike? How you doing, Chops? Wouldn't say his name. I'm like, okay. Hmm. They start talking. He hangs up. He said, you know who that was? I said, I have no idea. He said, that was Sam Jones. Wow. 
I said, what? He said, that was, I said, who? He said, Mike, you want him to come on your show? Unbelievable. What? You want him to come in? <laughs> Am I hearing things? So anyway, he gave me the number. I called the number. And I uh, it was not him. It was his son who handled all his uh, uh, business affairs. So you're going to love this. So anyway, um, we get, I do my show. And I gave my producer, who was out of New Jersey at the time, name was Bobby Guarantee. Uh, he handled the production of, 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 of my show. And I gave him the wrong number. Oh. So I'm on the air with another guy by the name of Mr. Ramos, Amos, excuse me, who I had wrote a book about Long Island. I'm gonna give him his information. This guy knows everything. And he's an old guy like me, old time like me. I felt it would be great for him to be honored to you know, be able to speak with Sam Jones as well. But I gave my producer the wrong number. So I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do? So I told my I told my partner, I said, can you hold on? Let me go get the right number. So I get the right number, I give it to my producer, and my producer goes, Hey Mike, all you got is five, ten minutes with Sam. I said, Okay, I'll take it. So then he said, Oh, Sam's on. I get on the phone with Sam, and as I said, it was supposed to be five, 10 minutes. We spoke for one hour and 45 minutes. Wow. I can tell you, you can you can look at my, you can see, I can tell you things that none of, <coughs> I'm getting choked up now. I can tell you things that none of your viewers, I don't care, any, and they don't even know what I know. <coughs> I'm getting choked up now. Um, And I remember the day, it was June 10th, because my birthday was June 11th. The very next day, he calls me up. And uh, told me what a great interview he had. <clears throat> and how much it meant to him. And uh, how much it respected me, of all people, right? Wow. 10-time NBA champion. All the stuff he went through. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, I know it's come. emotional, man. I mean, that's, that's an amazing... I mean, keep going. I, I know it's emotional. He called me, you know what I mean? Called me back. <clears throat> it was only supposed to be a five, 10 minute interview, one hour, 45 minutes. And my producer, my show was only an hour. He let it go. And Sam passed away three months later at the age of 88. <clears throat> so, um, but the things he told me, I know the folks that listen and watch your show, um, there's some things I, I would really like to let people know. <coughs> the things that Sam and Bill Russell, who passed away recently, by the way, and Tommy Heinsohn, <coughs> things you all need to know. The things that these guys endured Excuse me. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get my voice back. The things these guys endured were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Bill Russell, 11-time champion out of 13 years. Wins the NBA championship. Comes home to find himself <coughs> defecated on. They, burnt, they put a cross and burnt in front of his yard. 
This is after winning a championship. Uh, if you if you look at the record, you'll see it took him 20 years to come back to Boston yeah. <coughs> to receive the statue. Uh, he didn't want to receive his Hall of Fame. He never. He's the only player that was alive that never went to Hall of Fame. Look it up. I'm telling you guys facts. And with Casey Jones, since we're talking about Casey Jones as well, and Sam Jones as well, only thing Sam asked was that I spoke about his college coach, his collegiate coach. But all the conversations that Sam and I had, you know, I claim I'm a historian. <coughs> uh, so I'm no historian. You know, anybody can read a book. Anybody can look at stats. You know what I mean? I'm keeping right. it real with you. Hey, I'm, I'm sick. I, I got nothing. Anybody can look at stats. Anybody can, you know, say that when you hear someone who experienced what they experienced, they couldn't drink the same water. They couldn't stay at the same hotel. They couldn't do anything that they that they went to war with and went 11 championships. They right. couldn't do. And, you know, when having someone like who experienced it tell me, I could read a book, I can, when you hear Sam Jones talking about everything that he talked about, the only, I mean, besides winning all them championships, the only thing he spoke about, which is going to shock you, and hopefully I have enough time to talk about it, <clears throat> Red Auerbach. He said, Red Auerbach, when they went to these hotels and these motels and holiday inns, and they said, well, we can't allow the, those Negroes to come in. You know what Red Auerbach said? They don't come in, we're not coming in. Right. At that time. And then if you remember, uh, Red Auerbach named Bill Russell the first black head coach of the NBA history. Yeah. So those are the things that I wanted to express on this show. <clears throat> of course, I can talk about anything up to date, anything you want, but those are the things that adhere me to being or uh, thinking that I'm a, I'm a historian. Now, you know, as I think I spoke to you before, when you were 12 years old, what do you think you guys were doing? Maybe, I don't know, playing in the park, playing baseball, this and that. You know what I was doing, bro? I'm going to keep it real. I was at the library looking up microfilm. I looked up every game that Will Chamberlain played against. Bill. I can tell you, I can give you all the stats off the top of my head. Right. But that's what I did. And so I got that from my dad, who was a big trivia guy. So that's how I started getting into trivia. They used to call me the trivia king. And, you know, I just I just liked the, oh, I, I just like the way the game was played. And when I was growing up, you know, I didn't have uh, a great ability. I wasn't quick. I wasn't fast. I couldn't jump. But I learned the game. I said, look, I can't out jump you. I can't outrun you, but I'm outthink you. Yeah. And I, 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 I perfected all my uh, fundamentals. And that's what led me to have the, well, I didn't make it to the NBA, but I led me to have the collegiate career that I've had. And um, I remember. All-time all assist leader, by the way, I just want to point out, right? Am, am I right on that? All-time school assist leader in college? Oh, all-time. I was third in the nation. Third, um, third, yeah, third in the nation. That's right. Yes, I was. Um, but again, it was because of the fundamentals. And, and I'm going to give you guys a quick example. Someone who can't jump, who wasn't quick, who wasn't fast, and had a 19-year career. You had, you guys have any idea who that was? Paul Pierce? Is that the one? So, no. I, I got just, one slower than him. Let's hear it. Uh, 
John Stockton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stockton. John Stockton. He jumped about, he barely jumped over a, 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 a letter. Right. But look at the career he had. No oh, yeah. Fundamentals. Yeah. Back and roll, pick and roll, pick and pop. All the things he did. He's, he's smarter <laughs> than everybody. He saw things happen two steps exactly. ahead. He's two steps ahead of everyone. And you know something? He was barely sick. I met him in pretty barely my height. And then <laughs> yeah. he did. Yeah. Anyway, so um, getting back to Sam, um, you know, the guy, John Ippolito, uh, brought me downstairs. You guys got to interview him. He brought me downstairs, and he had a, a folder. He put out the folder, and in the folder was anybody, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Dr. J, name anybody, Rick Barry, name anybody. They were all sitting at Moses Malone, all sitting at a table in the Bahamas. This is what the guy happened to, I don't know if it was blessing, but I met this guy. And I'm soon going to have uh, uh, Rick Barry on my show, my show <coughs> as well. Um, but getting back to Sam, um, that really hurt. I mean, this guy, 10-time NBA champion. Oh, yeah. And then takes the time to call me the day after our interview, man. I mean, I'm okay. I ain't good as you guys, but I'm all right. But having to have him call me the next day is like, I was in tears, man. I, I, I was a mess. I, I was an absolute mess. Um, but um, I've been, again, I've been blessed to have so many great friends and being able to have access to the things I've had access to, like I said, Neyatra Ball, Dr. J, Ray Allen. I can tell you a story about, I can tell you a story about uh, Red Auerbach. I can tell you about Red Auerbach. I can tell you about Larry Bird. I can. I got great personal stories that I have, and I want to be able to present them. And I know we don't have a, enough time, but I, I, I have, I've been blessed, man. I, I'm, I'm gifted. It's am, it's amazing because you have your own show right now, and I mean it's amazing how much these interviews mean to you, right? Like, I mean, I remember when we had Oscar Schmidt, the great Oscar Schmidt, yes, right over course. Brazil. I mean, like for me, I was in tears after that because that's one of my childhood idols, and just like yes. he gave us so much time, and just he was so grateful. He was like appreciative of us, and I'm like mm-hmm. appreciative of us. Like we're nobodies. We're just from Reno, Nevada. You know, like you're a legend to me. You know, and like it's like it's amazing how those conversations just mean the world to you. And I mean, I can't even imagine because Sam Jones is somebody that I watch film on all the time. Like I, I tried to master the bank shot like him. Like Sam Jones is my guy, and uh, I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I just can't even imagine what that interview felt like for you. So I mean, that's just amazing that you were able to have that experience. You know, so I mean, it is it, 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 it's um. It is um, very humbling, you know. Sometimes, you know, you know. I mean, you guys do a great show. Sometimes, you know, eh, sometimes ego gets in the way, and you think you can get anybody or on your not you specifically, but you get, you know, you want to get the best, and you try to get the best. But this one's kind of fell on my lap, you know. And um, again, it's not about me. And uh, I, I am a true believer that I, I love history, and. Uh, I do have quite a bit of knowledge. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, anybody can read a book. Anybody can look up stats. That yeah. don't mean you're a historian, man. There's just certain things you learn from you know, people's experiences that are just yeah. irreplaceable. Yeah. It don't come from a book. It don't right. come from stats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I finally recognize it. You know, I mean, I never... I never looked up a book for stats. I, I don't. I don't know how to do that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't Google. I don't do that stuff. I just know. I just know what I know, 
And I, again, I've been blessed. But um, again, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed, and, and I'm, I'm glad you guys gave me the platform. Um, I'm about to have my own show, hopefully soon, and uh, I'm gonna be um, giving you guys as much praise as I can for helping me get to where I'm going to go to. Um, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to you guys because you guys were the first. I was nervous. I was quiet. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was talking about. No, you were great, man. You can't me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell. I was. Now I can't shut up. <laughs> Again, uh, I, I want to kind of like, you know, give my props to Sam. And, um, you know, I don't shed too many tears, so I'm, I'm done with that. And then I just got done shedding my tears with Bill Russell. I never got to meet Bill Russell, so I don't have no stories about Bill Russell. But uh, Sam would say a couple of things to me about Bill Russell. We may have to talk about that. I, I'm almost thinking about doing something with just what he told me. I can tell you things that I guarantee you. Only one they may know would be Sass Sanders, maybe Bob Cousy, and maybe Casey Jones. Wow, that's I mean that's such. A I don't think stuff. nobody. I'm hit no. I, I'm talking nobody, nobody. I'm confident nobody knows what this these guys had gone through. You know, they played on Olympic team together. You know that, right? Yeah. You know, they went to San Francisco together, right? I I did know that. I knew that Bob Cousy was traveling with all of them and all that. No, oh, no, no. I mean, you and Sam, Casey and Bill Russell. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In college. Yeah. They won the championship together. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. So, man, he, and the thing they talked about, which was really amazing, I'm, I'm going to be real brief. Do you know in um, 1961 it was the very first All Star game? Are you familiar with that? I didn't know that was the first one. Didn't know that was the first one. I didn't know what year. It was 1961. Game was supposed to be televised. So this is Sam telling me this. <clears throat> so what there was, <clears throat> Oscar Robinson <clears throat> and them guys were like, hold up. We don't have insurance benefits. <clears throat> we don't have uh, insurance. We don't have, we're not getting paid enough. We're not doing this. We're not getting this. We're not getting that. The owner said, no, okay. Guess what? You're not getting it. So all the players got together. They said, okay. There'll be no game. Look it up. There'll be no game. Don't say, hold up. We got a game. It's supposed, to be on it's supposed to be on TV. We better come to some solution. But after that, they came with a solution. The game was played. 1961. Look it up. 1961. And the game was played. And then throughout the years, if you notice, I'm going to tell you guys something, all your listeners. Think about this. <clears throat> Oscar Robinson, right? All time before Westbrook, all time, you know, um, uh, basketball great, <clears throat> triple double, whatever. Oh yeah, you know he can't get a he can't get a job in the NBA. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all yeah. time leading scorer uh, until maybe next six months, LeBron's gonna break it. Can't get a job in the NBA. Do you see where I'm going? I'm not trying to make this a 
but I, I just want to let you know some of the things that when you do things to make a change, it has uh, consequences. Oscar Robinson did something that nobody has ever done before, and he has suffered from it. Right. Spencer Haywood, if you know, oh, if yeah. you look back in history, he did something that has suffered consequences. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he sat down with Muhammad Ali and all them guys on the table, I'm sure you guys seen it. Yeah. When you, and and like even Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf comes to mind, too. Oh, that, oh, that's another one. Oh, yeah. hey, Chris Jackson, one of the greatest shoes. That's another one. All I'm trying to say is that I love the NBA the way it is right now, but I think they need to know the history because oh, yeah. all these guys, what they have done, so these guys can make $35, $40 million a year. And I'm so proud of Chris Paul and the uh, Players Association and all them guys because what they finally did was a lot of the ABA players who are older now uh, can't afford rent, can't afford to pay their insurance bills. Can't. They set up a, a fund where 130 former NBA, ABA ball players who are living now will be compensated. Right. And offer them to be able to pay their rent, pay them whatever it is, they're gonna be compensated. Yeah. And to me, that's where my mission is. Just to, you know, I know everything about the. You can talk to me about NBA now. I know everything, but that is what really sets me off. That's why I do the things for my dad. History. That's why I do everything. It's history. Yeah. Why I do the programs I do is because they were there for me. I'll never forget where I came from. So all the things I do now. Everybody, yeah, it's great. No, it's not. It's what I have to do. Right. It's what I need to do. It's not. It's not about me. But um, uh, getting back to you know, again, you guys give me the platform to talk about what I'm talking about, and I ain't no great NBA ball player. I I was kind of I was kind of close. I made the I was kind of close. I was <laughs> I was looking at that draft back then. They had eleven <laughs> They had eleven rounds. Hey, but, somebody hey, could have used my, you. My somebody could have used an assist man back then. Somebody could have yeah, used you. But my boy, my boy, his name is John Who Rice. Look him up. 1983, he was the last one drafted in the NBA. My partner in crime, we used to go at it all the time. So he got a chance to travel to stop because he didn't make it. But anyway, so, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I realize the fact. Was I good? Hell yeah. Was I good enough? Hell no. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I'm keeping, hey, I keep it real. I don't care. Hey, you know, uh, but, you know, that's why I, right now I envision myself just trying to help others with my knowledge, you know, as coming from a, a player's aspect, a coaching aspect, and also as a referee. Yeah. So I get three different components. I see things when I when I played, I saw things one way. When I saw when I was coaching, I saw things two ways. When I refereed, I saw things three ways. I got to ask you something something really quick because you've been refereeing for a long time. You've studied the game for a long time. Like, is it harder for you to re to officiate the game now since the game's evolved so much? Like, what do you notice is so much different about officiating the game from when you first started to now? That is a tremendous question. I mean, I think if you ask any referee uh, who knows what they're doing, I think the same principles exist it's you call the game the way the same way but the exterior is different you still call the same way 
I mean, every year that you had adaptations of how the rule changes, you have to adapt to all the rule changes. But the game is still the same way. Right. You, if you got if you're doing a three man, you all have your responsibilities. They don't change. You all have your angles. They don't change. What changes is the rules that they inhibit to make the game more offensively minded. And as I tell you, and I tell, and uh, y'all coach, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what do you tell your kids? What do they watch, you think? When they're watching the game, what do they watch? They're watching offense. That's what kids watch. You know, I tell them to watch defense. I try to tell them to go watch a game live and listen to the players talk because there's nothing yes. like watching basketball live. I tell them to watch the little things, not the offense, but like just the talking, the movement, the screens, you know, the, the boxing out, the little things like that. But, of course, they want to watch the offense. <laughs> oh, God, which, of course, because it's the ball. It's where, the, where, where all the activity begins. Yeah, watch but off the, the ball is what I tell them. Don't watch the ball. Watch exactly, off the ball. Exactly. Now, I, t- I think I told you this before. Now, as far as refereeing is concerned, you know, I watched my, my, my good friend, Eric Brittle. He did 17 games in the NBA. I've already told you that. I already told the story. Um, he kind of broke the line when they had the, the strike and all that, and it kind of affected his. NBA career, but he's doing phenomenal now. He's doing great with uh, True Balance Backboards and uh, got me involved and all of us involved out here in our community because there wasn't too many of our kind refereeing. And all of a sudden, it's explosion now. So right now, there's so many referees doing everything. And I consider him the, the him and his dad the leader of transforming a lot of us into to, to like when I was a player, I got so excited about playing. I got that same excitement about refereeing. That, that's something you know I, mean? I got that same same gut the ner- same thing you know yeah. and then you know when I got to to uh to officiate the uh Boston frenzy and Kobe Bryant's father Joe Bryant you know that was extreme then to be able to be a broadcaster broadcasting all that I mean I, hey I, I'm lucky man you know I'm not Rick Barry but I, <laughs> I, 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 I did my thing you know what I mean I'm not big by tell but I, I I'm big by telling the effort. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something special, though, about being yourself and finding your place in basketball. You know, I mean, when we grow up, of course, we want to be Rick Barry. We want to be Sam Jones. We want to be Bill Russell. But there's something special about kind of being yourself and watching you, you know, evolve with the game. Like, I found that in coaching. Like, as a player, like, I was so caught up in the playing. But now I've found that new love for coaching. Like, I've had more fun yes. and more joy in basketball than I have in my whole life coaching than I ever did playing. You know, and that's a – that's a special thing. That's awesome that you were able to find out with officiating, especially with all the abuse officials can take sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I put out a post about Kendrick Perkins because his kids play the AAU. He put out a, a post. I don't know if you guys got it. I put out a post about how he went to a game watching his kid play. His kid got beat by a team from Memphis in the, the fourth grade and the parents outside fight. You know, I mean, that's, the I think, the major problem a lot with the referees, especially the AAU stuff. Because all you're playing for is a damn trophy. Oh, there yeah. should be you should be setting role models for your kids how they 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 progress, how to how to win, how to lose, right? How to respect the other teams. You know what I mean? And uh, that to me, AU. I mean, it's great. They got the NIL, whatever, all the money they're making in AU. But you know, something to me, I think that it, it's it's a, it's a business, and um, I think it's very detrimental to the to. to the upbringing of kids and, and being role model because a lot a lot of times it comes down to being anything to win that trophy, whether it be cheating or whatever it is. And it's not right. That's not the way the game was meant to be played. Right. Um but but again what I want I wanted, you know, I'm glad you gave me the platform 
I've always spoken about Sam. God bless his soul. I mean, that's my guy. Um, I was telling him, Rick Barry. You guys have had a couple of guys on your show. I've been following you. You guys had Ronnie Fields. I haven't oh, yeah. had him, but Ronnie Fields is phenomenal. Yeah. That guy, I saw him at Boston. Got, I can tell a story about him. I saw <laughs> you guys having Chris Chris Heron. That's my guy. Refereed this game since he was about eight years old. I mean, I can go on. I mean, if I was being up to date, um, played against Pat Ewing when he was a sophomore in high school. I mean, can't beat that. Oh, yeah. We lost. We lost. But, I mean, we played against him. We lost. He paid for Cameron Benjamin Land. Um, I mean, I can tell you stories about how he came from uh, Jamaica <clears throat> and how, even though I'm, I'm from New Bedford, Mass., which is about 25, 30 minutes from Cambridge, how they never liked him. The way he talked, the way he looked, they call him a monkey. Uh, I, I can, I got so many stories. I can tell you about the time I won, uh, UConn won the championship when they had Rip Hamilton and all them guys. Uh, I was in the parade. Uh, my boy David Mayer was a head coach, well, assistant coach at the time with the Calhoun. And uh, so I've been, I, I, I've seen it all, man. I mean, you, you talk about all these great stories and you left uh... – quite a cliffhanger on us last time with the Marvin Barnes story. And it'd be criminal oh, to not ask oh. about the Marvin Barnes story. I got to know the other number 24, the other 24. You want to know the Marvin Barnes story? I, I, I think everybody wants to hear the Marvin Barnes story. <laughs> okay. All right. This, this is a, this is a, a very good one and, and, and kind of a very sad one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, as I was young, I was a uh, Providence College fan, and I used to watch, back then we only had three channels out here. We had uh, 10, 12, and 7. And, oh, and we had a cable, kind of cable, channel 27. So we used to watch uh, Providence College all the time. And uh, I was, I remember Ernie D and Kevin Stakem and Marvin Bonds. And then I heard, that Marvin Bonds, who went to Providence Central High School, uh, by the way, um, he committed a, a kind of violent act uh, with a tire iron. And Marvin at the time was six foot nine, and he wore his Providence Central jacket and went on the bus. So you can realize that he was pretty easy, easily recognized, right. to say the least. But he went on to uh, play at Providence College. Uh, had a great career. Uh, he then went to the ABA. Uh, he played with the St. Louis Spirits. And um, uh, I don't know if you guys, you guys can look it up. I'm sure you will. Uh, they played against uh, Dr. J when Dr. J was with the, either the Virginia Squires or the Nets or the ABA. I can't remember exactly which one. Uh, but Marvin Bonds got 55 points against Dr. J. You can look it up. Oh, yeah. Got 55 points. So, okay, let's fast forward. Let me get back to the Mama Bond story. This is really, really sad, um, but true. Mama Bonds, after he went to the um, the Spirits, and he played with M.O. Kai, he played with Moses Malone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I know my stuff. So, anyway, after that, he went to the NBA, played with the Detroit Pistons, played with the Boston Celtics, played with a couple of teams. I think the last team was with the Celtics, to be honest with you. But while he was in Detroit, he ran into a girlfriend, or met a girlfriend, who happened to be one of my best friend's sister, okay? And her last name, I won't say her, her last name was uh, Ramos. 
So Marvin moved down here to New Bedford. Now, mind you, I know basketball like you know I know it. So I know who's who. And there was speculation that Marvin Bynes used to come down here when he was with the, um, the Spirits. He came out with two uh, Cadillacs. Great. Two Cadillacs. Great. And he pulled up into Monty Park, which is the park I'm famous with, and, and we do our, our basketball shootouts. I wasn't there that day. I did not see that. If I, I wish I, I did not see that. But I heard about it. About how many phones he had in his house and this and that. So, mind you, uh, I was I was still younger, and I sometimes I used to go out and you know enjoy a few uh, beverages. I think you know what I'm talking about. I'd go out and have a few beverages, right? And I would walk into this place called the Bomb Shelter, and I walk in. Now I don't know that he's in the Bedford at this time. I walk in. I see Marvin Bonds sitting at the table, and I'm talking. Why is he here? What is he for? I'm, I'm like, in my, I'm like, what? but me being me, um, I go and I approach him, and we sit down <clears throat> and we talk. Not one word came out of his mouth about basketball. Wow, truth. Not one. We didn't even talk. I mean, I, I might have said, you know, but never talked about. He talked about his girlfriend. Famous. He talked about being in New Bedford. He talked about. I never asked him about Doc. I didn't. Anyway, this guy's out enjoying him, so I'm not going to ask him all kind of cool questions. I mean, people go there just to relax, and I'm not going to go do that. But we sat down and we developed what I thought was kind of a friendship. Okay, now here comes uh, the bad part. <clears throat> Mountain Bonds were the number 24. One of the guys that went to Friend Man State with me was Tony DePina. Tony DePina's idol was Marvin Bonds. So Tony DePina, who played at New Bedford High, wore number 24. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas was my idol. Will Chamberlain, Dave Bang, those were my idols. David Thompson were my idols. But Marvin Bonds was Tony DePina's idol. So imagine this. This is going to have your viewers off the hook. So as I said, he was you know, hanging out in New Bedford. Again, why? I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's because it's girlfriend, but I, I don't know the whole details of that. That's none of my business. So we used to play ball at the New Bedford Boys and Girls Club every Friday night. Every Friday night. Clockwork. And uh, I'm looking in the corner. Guess who I see watching? It's Marvin Bonds. He's there to play with us. And we had great talent. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was off the hook. Yeah. He comes in. He plays. Uh, now, hold up. Getting back to Tony Pin. That's his idol. Now, he sees his idol walking into the gym. Figure yeah. that out. So that, that's a whole nother. We're all, we're, all, uh, we're, all, we're all a mess. So he plays maybe half. I'm going to say 20 minutes. Maybe. He goes in the corner and throws up. And I'm like, he, he actually throws up. I'm dead. And it's yeah. not because he's out of shape. Right. I'm trying to do something. I think you know I'm going with that. Yeah. He throws up. 
So of course we don't tell me no. Hey, what stays there stays. We don't we don't put them up nothing like that. So now he goes again because he's part of he's part of us now. They play an all star game in Taunton, Mass. Marvin's playing with the guys from the New Bedford area and local area. Anyway, Marvin's playing. He's doing. He's doing Marvin. He's doing. He's he's doing his thing. Halftime. All of a sudden, the doors open. The hell's going on? Police come six, seven deep. Oh wow! And they lock. They 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 handcuff him and they lock and they take him out. Wow! I'm like, what is? And um, after that, to tell you the honest to God truth, I kind of kept in contact with him, but not really, because I really didn't know what was going on. But all I can say is a couple of things. And I want to, to, to let the, the people who are watching this know. They say, no, he had a bad attitude, which he had that capability of, obviously. I'm going to tell you something right now. I hope everybody listens to me and takes my word as, as fact, because it's fact. That was the, or one of the nicest people I ever, pro athlete, I ever met in my life. He did not have an ego at all. When I sat down, I'm, I, hey, I done sat down with Isaiah. I done, I, I done sat down with Dennis Johnson, God bless him. I done sat down with it. I done sat down with him, and you could tell the, Dr. J. I can go on and on. They all had the egos and they all, you know, this guy was absolutely one of the nicest people I've ever come across. Yeah. And they're like, are you serious, Mike? I'm trying to tell you. And it's not because I met him once. Or after all he experienced, this guy, the thing he, the people around him kind of messed him up. Because yeah. he was very generous. He was very kind. I know it sounds crazy. He had that capability. I mean, from Providence. Providence Central was no joke. But that guy was like, you know. Um, and then later on, I go to a concert out in Providence, Rhode Island. And I go see this group called The Whispers. And I'm here with my girl. And we're walking down the stairs. And guess who I see? <laughs> and of course, he remembers me. And I mean... He was doing very well. He went back to school. He was doing good. And uh, I know he had some issues out in San Diego. Uh, tapes, just, I don't even know about that. But I, I kind of want people to know that from my experience, uh, Marvin was like one of the nicest people I have, especially athletes that I've ever come across. And I've come across a whole lot of them. And he had the, the kindest, sincerest, quiet, I'm telling you right now, if you had walked in that bomb chapter with me that night, you would never know who played the NBA. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the best thing I can say. And look what he's look what he accomplished. Oh look yeah. Fantastic player. Final four NCAA. Uh, look up his ABA stats. Who scores 55 points against Dr. J? You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, he was averaging 24 and 16, 16 boards his first year in the ABA. You know, I mean, Thank the guy was unbelievable. And you know, one thing that I've learned from having ABA guys on our show, and I think this is just a thing with ABA guys, they've all been so nice. I don't know if it's like an ABA thing, but I think everybody just kind of went through 
that ABA lifestyle where they kind of got in the wrong circles and, you know, didn't quite have the long, you know, luxurious careers that some of those NBA guys did. But I mean, we had Bob Nedelicki on, we had a uh, Larry yes. on and they're like the nicest guys that we've ever talked yeah. to. Yeah. So down to earth too. And I mean, yeah, just- and, 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 and also I, I wanted to tell you like, um, the nature, the outro ball story. I'm, I'm going to make it real quick. Um, got to play against them. Uh, uh, place called down here called Nine Front Homes, and um, the Celtics were doing something whereby they were having the NBA ball players <clears throat> when they were renovating courts around the area because we were, you know, kind of a depressed neighborhood, whatever. So they would send Celtics players while they renovated the courts. It's a court called United Front, and uh, I was there, I was like 11, 12 years old, and of course, seeing the outro ball, come on, you know, and I got to play against Nate. I scored against Nate, believe it or not. True story. I, I swear, I did score. I did score. I didn't score against Doctor, but I scored against Nate. So anyway, Nate came. I then I, I think I told you the story already, but um, fast forward. I'm doing uh broadcasting for the uh, uh Bergo Basketball Association. We do Christmas tournaments at New Bedford Boat. And what I used to do is at halftime, I would give out trivia questions, top of my head. Yeah. Steve Bergo comes up to me, says, "Hey, Mike." We got Nate Archibald coming on. I said, what? Yeah, we got Nate. Ah, shit, come on, man. Stop <laughs> BSing me, man. Uh-huh. So anyway, just to appease them, I get on the mic and I talk about Nate Archibald. I talk about him having 34.5 points a game, leading the league in assistance, uh, scoring the same year, which he really didn't. There was one other guy, Will Chamberlain, but we won't go into that. But I'm giving all his staff. I'm, I'm wrapping them up in my head. No, no, no book, just top of my head. I would give prizes out because I, I have all kinds of trivia questions. I told you about the one who's the um, only one to win a high school, NCAA, ABA, NBA, and the gold medal. There's only one person. You guys can get that one. You guys are good. So anyway, so that's what kind of questions I would give out. So I turn my head. Again, I keep turning my head. I must have a broken neck. I turn my head right behind me. Team from New York comes in. And I, th- I think it's Lincoln. Some tell me red and white. I saw in the white sweats, red stripes. And I see Nate Archibald. And I go up to him. I said, Mr. Archibald, you don't know me. My name is Mike Casatio. But you came down here at United Front. He turned to me and says, that was over 40 years ago. I, he didn't remember me, but he remembered being there. So oh. I go in the stands. And I sit with him. Now you're talking about ABA. The guy that was coaching that high school team was a former ABA star. I wish I remembered his name. <clears throat> so him, that's why Nate ended up going come down in the tournament. Nate came down, not as a coach, he was more of a spectator, but he came down. And I gave that question I just gave to you. I gave it to the audience. I gave it to the whole audience. Even Nate couldn't get that answer. But that guy that was with him, the guy, the ABA guy, he knew, he knew. And I am taking pictures. I, I, I should send you that. I took pictures with both of them. It, it, it was phenomenal. But, um, yeah, the ABA guys are great. But as far as Martin Bonds is concerned, you know, he passed away. And I wish they would have gave him a little bit more than what they did here in Providence. Uh, they gave him a little recognition. They gave him something. But I, I feel that him and Ernie D. put Providence call. Well, not McLean Wilkins. And there's been other guys who put Providence College on the map. But as far as 
you know, the length. Uh, I think Marvin Bonds and, and, and Kevin Stakem and uh, Ernie D and guys, uh, I mean, went to the Final Four. They lost to Memphis. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they um, I think they went to Fowlers. But, again, talking about Marvin Bonds, again, and I, I tell you right now, there's a couple of guys who, who went to Providence Central, a couple of people who, not as players, but, you know, and they said, Mike, man, you're out of your mind, man. He was a thug. No, no, no. Yeah, and that's Could it. he be? Yes. Yeah. Could he be? Did he have that capability? Absolutely. Was he? No. Yeah, and that's what I was curious about. I was curious if he was well-celebrated over in New Bedford in the Boston area. I was very curious about that. No. Just with, you know, and that's, that's, that's too bad. That's sad to me because – Nope. Phenomenal player, and like you said, when when you meet them and they end up being a great person, they deserve that recognition at least as a player. At least they uh, they you know um, you know me because I get emotional. Um, they, I mean, right out here, there's Channel Six, Channel Ten, Channel Twelve. They're all local stations. They're out of Providence, where he came from. They did recognize him. Um, not to the level I thought he should have been given. Yeah. Let's put, let's put it this way. This jersey's not even retired. That's, a, that's, that's unacceptable. That's unbelievable to me. Not even retired. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, uh, he played, uh, see you later. Bye. It's kind of like that. You know what I mean? And what's good about it, which I hope, you know, I know you know who Ed Cooley is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ed Cooley and I are real close. Um, and uh, he, matter of fact, he just uh, signed a new contract. Uh, he, got, he got a new contract. I'm going to be trying to work with him to see if we can do something. Uh, and, and again, I'm from New Bedford. Uh, Mom is from Providence. I, 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 it's like 30 minutes away. But I feel it's important that he, his name uh, should be given more credibility. And I'm the type of person, like I said, I've given up 237. Recognition awards, you can look it up. So if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. Uh, I may need a little help, but right now my, my focus is on I'm doing some um, free basketball clinics for the kids because a lot of them out here can't afford it. So beginning this Sunday, three consecutive Sundays, I'll be doing basketball clinics. And I'm telling these kids, if they really want to learn, come out. Yeah. I got 40 years experience. I can teach you guys things you'll never know. Yeah. I'm going to tell you things. I'm going to teach you about left hand, right hand. Looking, keeping your head up. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell. Tuck, hey, y'all, coach, do this. Where are your kids at? I'm gonna give you just one little thing. Wherever you, is, is there a hill? Is there a hill anywhere you guys are at? Oh yeah, I make them do uphill stuff. I make them dribble uphill. I make them sprint uphill. I make them do everything uphill. That's what makes you faster. That that that's our training. Everything's uphill and weighted. I like it. Uphill and weighted. It. Weighted basketballs. Dribble up left hand. <laughs> dribble down right hand. Dribble up right hand, dribble down left hand. Then between that's the legs, it. between the legs, ah. continuous uphill. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's my God. Now with, you know. Now you the, know. With the weighted basketballs, that's what I did, man. I would go find there the steepest go. hill I could, get those weighted basketballs, dribble up, and that's what made me fast because I, I was slow, couldn't really jump. I went from being a little bit faster to being able to jump out the gym. So that, that's how I got my athleticism was, was the Where'd road. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I mean, I, I went to Utah Valley, and I went to two junior colleges in Seattle. So I didn't go anywhere luxurious or anything. You know, I didn't okay. take care of my stuff in the classroom, which is what I preach now. You know, get your grades yes. right because I missed out on a I missed out on a lot of very cool opportunities. Like I wanted to go to Valparaiso; that was a, a spot oh, okay. I wanted to go. And 
Just okay. couldn't do it because I didn't take care of it in the classroom. So I learned the hard way. And junior college is no joke. Everybody wants that four-year spot at JUCO. So it's not as team-oriented, you know, as it would be in a four-year Not at program. all. Not at all. But no, not those – those kids would be lucky to learn from you, man. I mean, third in the nation in assists, that's a that's a great person to be able to learn from right there. I mean, you can't beat that. Well, you know, it, the thing about it is, you know, obviously I'm 62 years old. I, I have had two major hip surgeries, so I'm not like I used to be. But I do have the knowledge, and I do have some of the um, access, you know, uh, like I want to have these kids. Because a lot of kids, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I referee – in the BBA, which is the Burgo Basketball Association. It's in the nice section. It's in the best section. It's in South Dartmouth. All the big houses. All yeah. the people out there. All people got money. All right? Yeah. I don't referee for the money, but I referee because I've been with Burgo for 26 years. I was there in its inception, five outdoor courts. It's beautiful, phenomenal, safe. It's great. Don't get It's phenomenal. But there's nobody there for the kids who really need it. Right. And they can't their parents can't afford it. So yeah, I can do my thing out there, which I do, but I'm done with that now for those fall. I'll be there next year, year number twenty-seven. But I'm gonna go down to Park, Monty Park, which is known for for gang activity. This all, all I'm going down there, I'll be there this Sunday. I'm gonna tape it. I'm gonna let you all know that during the day it's Nothing wrong at night, but during the day, it's okay. And yeah. the kids are going to be well taken care of. And I'm going to have a ball. These kids are going to learn. I'm going to teach them about discipline. I'm going to teach them about education, make sure they go to school. I'm going to do the best I can because there were people there for me. I could have went to the left. I could have went to the other way. Well, right. so I'm going to be there for them beginning this Sunday. Well, when you show us, it won't be you, but I'll be done for three consecutive Sundays. I'm going to be doing it for free. Kids ain't gonna pay a damn thing, and they're gonna be receiving shirts and certificates and whatever I can do to let them know that hey, they can do it. So that's that's me. That's awesome that you're doing that, man. Because you know we're from Reno, Nevada, and basketball is just not as popular in northern Nevada as it is in like the Las Vegas, you know, or you know just the big cities around. And we're trying right. to bring right. stuff like that to Reno and. You know, it's really difficult to get that started. So I'm going to have to pick your brain at some point and kind of get some ideas on how to kind of build this basketball community a little bit because we're missing out on so much. We got all these kids talking about how they want to go Division One, but then they don't touch a basketball in the off season. You know, they don't touch a basketball during football, and you know, it's it's sad. So we need we need to change that. We need to change that. Well, you know, some I'm glad you brought that up. We'll talk off air. I got someone who, let's put it this way. You know, we had Avery Bradley come down. He did our camp. We've had uh, 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 Reggie Williams uh, from Georgetown. He's done our camp. We've right. had a lot of people done that camp. There's one guy, one guy that can make a change in your whole area. His name is Claude Pritchard. Do me a favor. When we're done, just look him up. He has been, he trains uh, NBA athletes. He also has been to Japan, China. This is what he does for a living. And this is the guy. You want to talk about Nevada, whatever? This guy will change your whole perception. He'll have the kids so happy. When we're off the air, I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to send you his information. 
and watch. I'm 62 years old. I can't be. I got my girl. I can't be traveling. Over. But <laughs> this guy can do it. This guy. I keep it real, my friend. I'm, I'm being honest. But this guy can do whatever you need. And I'm gonna send you. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a thumbnail of what we do this Sunday. I'm just gonna keep you in touch with what I'm doing, and uh, hopefully other people can can you know learn from what I what I what I'm gonna be teaching because I'm gonna be teaching fundamentals. I'm gonna break it down. And I told, I let them know if your kids are if your kids are not gonna, I want commitment. I want them to have pride in themselves, and I want them to learn. And I want them to listen. If they can't do that, don't send your kid down the park. Don't do it. Don't send yeah. them. Yeah. Don't. It, yeah, and I'm. I definitely appreciate that. I'm definitely gonna get his contact from you just because we're trying to make a change here, but. I have a quick question for you just because, you know, we talked sure. about the evolution of basketball, you know, earlier yeah. and we talked about the refereeing side, but when you run these clinics, you know, what's your main focus with these kids? Like what, what do you really try to engrave in their head to make them a better player? Like what, what's your main focus when you try to develop these young kids in today's basketball? That is a question. Now during our camps, uh, what we do is we have, of course we have, you know, uh, skill sessions, fundamentals. We have all that. We break it all down, then we have lunch. Then after lunch, what we do, just to get to what you're saying, what we do is we go up the hill. Like I said, this is on the the, the, the nice section. Yeah. We're up on the hill, and it's beautiful, and it's all laid out, and we have tables and the chairs. And, you know, and each of us, uh, for that particular day, will give a lecture, and we get to find out what do these kids expect. Because we tell them what we want. Right. But find out what they want. Find out, not that you have, just find out what their, their interests are. Because you got all these computer stuff, you got these games, computer games. You got to find out somehow. And sometimes it's individually. Because sometimes when they're with a crew, they want to be cool. They want to, you know, some, you got to find out individually what do they want yeah. and how much do they want it. To me, right. that's the key. Because you get a kid who's with 10 kids, you know, most of the time, they want to be the cool one. Yep. You know what I mean? So in my experience, dealing with kids, and I decided we had two camps this summer, just got done a week ago. The key is talk to them individually. You can talk to them as a group, but talk to them individually. They'll tell you more about what they really feel because they don't want to feel anything less in front of the people that they're around. So to answer your question is what I look for is desire. I look for desire. I look for commitment. How much do they want? How much they pay attention? You know, when we do our clinics, we do our lectures, you see people, I get kids, you see kids playing in the dirt, and you know they're not interested. They're more there for babysitting purposes. So you got to find out exactly what they want and what they expect. And I ask, I say, okay, what do you want from this camp? What do you want? Yeah. Do you want to learn how to play? Or do you want to learn how to eat lunch? Yeah. What do you want? Do, what, is, what is it that you want? Or what is it that we're not doing that's going to be able to motivate you? We can talk to a blue in the face, but if you can't get to that kid, and if that kid is not motivated, there's not much you can do. So you got to find out what motivates that individual. Yeah. Now, fortunately, I've been around guys who have been motivated. Chris Hammond, that kid, forget it. He was wearing our ankle shoes when he was like eight years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That kid... That's why he, why do think he jumped so hard? That kid had, he was like, <laughs> ah, his brother, Mike, oh, he's yeah. still in him and everything. He ain't got to worry about people like that. Marcus Wilson, 
You ain't got to worry people like that. But there's those who are on the borderline, who are on the cusp, who maybe don't want to do the work. Right. Who wants to do the work and the effort? Watch this Sunday when I said, watch. We're going to see who wants to do the work. We're going to see how many people want to do this. Oh, I ain't doing this. I'm out. Good. Go. We're going to see the people who really want to learn and really want to work. And I'm going to stress, first of all, commitment, respect for your parents, respect for your teachers, respect your education, respect. Before we even get to basketball. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, no, that's later on. We're going to talk about that first. Yeah, it's beyond I'm basketball. Hoping, I'm hoping their parents come. I'm hope I'm I, I've been posting. Hope their parents come because I want them to know. You know what I mean? So like it's free. I mean, so yeah, no, that's incredible. And I love that you touch on all that stuff about desire because you know I the one thing that I hate that coaches tell kids when they ask what they can do to be better, all this stuff is they just say work harder. Like what does that mean? You know. So what I tell my kids is I I, I tell them like be different. Like offer something to the team or the program that separates you from everybody else. If you're not as talented, are you going to be the, the boy or girl that dives on the floor? Are you going to be the boy or girl that cheers the team on, on the bench? Are you going to be the, the vocal leader? Like, what are you going to do that's different? That's going to make me not be able to take you off the court. And like, it's amazing how much more motivation and more desire that they have when they feel like they have something that they can finally play for, you know, like, Oh, like this is my role. Like this is my identity. So like, I'm really glad that you touched on those things because you unleash a whole different monster when they, when they actually find that one thing that they can really, you know, make a difference in the game on. Cause anybody can really score. Anybody can do, you know, some of those things, but who can do the little things that nobody else wants to do, you know? And you're right. And you know, some too, what I, what I said, uh, like I said, and, and I keep it real. That's a lot of you guys probably are, are not going to make your varsity team as, as a starter. Yeah. But I said, here's where attitude comes into play. Because if you're a player, A, and you got all the talent, but you're a knucklehead, or you're a player, B, but you have the right attitude, what player do you think the coach is going to take? Oh, does he yeah. want a knucklehead? Or does he want someone who want, willing to give 1,000%? Coach, what you need? I'm there. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Or you got, I don't want to do that. So, I mean, attitude plays a big part. Of maybe you can't be the star, but you can be a component, a positive component to your team. You can be a star at your role. You can be, your role. You know your yeah. role. Be a star at your role. And, I mean, the attitude's contagious. You know, if you start putting your head down yes. and kicking chairs, you know, the whole team's going to do that. Yes. You, you know, and absolutely, absolutely contagious. Yeah. You know, Michael, there, there's never enough time with you, man. Like, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I super enjoyed this show so much. We're going to have to have you back on when Eric's back and hear more Please. stories and talk more basketball. And um, before I let you go, um, I want you to be able to promote yourself, like plug yourself, like where can our listeners find you, your show, your social media, you know, get all those plugs in so they can find you and follow your show. Because you're doing some great things too, man. I got to give you your props. You're doing some amazing things. You, I mean – you're spreading the love just like we are, so we appreciate you. You know, uh, I, I again, you know, you guys that know me from a hole in the wall, I was out there on, during the pandemic. I was in the house. I didn't know where to go, nothing to do, you know. And you guys, I owe a debt of gratitude to you guys and what you do. I really don't want to promote myself. I mean, I, I'm not, again, it's really not about me. But I do do a couple of things. You know, I was on uh, a, ASAP uh, Sports. I was on um, Blackjack TV, uh, which hopefully I'm going to be doing another show on. I just been offered a show with the uh, Sports Empire Network, uh, my own show. 
um, which should be coming uh, hopefully within a week or two. Um, again, um, I'm trying to promote others. I uh, I would love to have you guys interview uh, Lex Barrows. He's from up and coming, phenomenal young lady who's doing fantastic things. Uh, she is phenomenal. So that that's what I'm going to. Not about me. I'm I'm 62. Um, they can find me on the on the podcast. I'm all over the place. But I mean, I want to thank you guys. I'm so proud of what you guys have done. All the guests you had on your show, I watch everything. I watch what you guys are doing, and you guys are tremendous. And I wish nothing but the best for you guys. And I hope you do have me back on. You know me, I, I can have, I got more stuff I can, t- I can go on and on. Man. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I mean, we're both history nuts. That's why we do this podcast, man. I mean, you can read anything in a book, but the things that you hear from, you know, players' experiences and their journeys, those are the things that are irreplaceable and so valuable. And we just want to be able to share that with everybody. So we're on the same page with that. So, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Without a doubt, I know uh, Eric's gonna want to hear that Patrick Ewing story, so we'll save that oh, one for, for next time. That's my guy. That's my <laughs> yeah. guy. I got, there. I got a good one there. <laughs> yeah. See, no, we always got to leave a cliffhanger for our listeners, so they want to tune into the next one. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I, hey, also Otis Thorpe. I got an Otis Thorpe one. Oh, you. Oh man, oh, I love Otis. Yeah, We're, we've been trying to I get Otis Thorpe. Frenzy. I got you already know about the phone frenzy, but I didn't tell you all about the frenzy. I got, I got nothing. No, <laughs> Joe Bryant. I got, another, I got. Hey, I'm blessed, man. I, hey, God has blessed me. That's all I got to say. Hey, we're blessed, too, because we get guests like you, so we do appreciate it. But, uh, hey, Con Man, thanks again, man. Uh, we'll have you back on at some point. Uh, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. Best of luck with your clinics. And I'm going to be in Boston soon, so I might be hitting you up. I'm going to be in the Boston oh, area please in do. October. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Hey, I'll show you around. I'll, I'll show you everybody. <laughs> I'll have you meet the best of the best. Wonderful. No, I can't wait, man. Can't wait. I'll, I'll I'll let you know what dates I'll be there, but it'll be mid October when I when I'm in that area. So, I'm gonna tell you one guy to meet. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you to Al McLean. Okay. You meet him. He was a great player. Played. Uh, got drafted in 1984, the same year as Akeem Olajuwon. Right now, he's doing so many things. And when you, when you come to Boston, you find out what he's doing now. Before you go, is he setting up tournaments? He just did one for McGinn Dixon, Boston versus New York at the Rucker. Ooh. Boston versus New York at the Dykeman. This guy is hands down off the hook. Oh, man. I, I got to see that. I got to see it at the Rucker, too, because I'm going from Boston, New York in the same trip. So I'm making a stop oh, at the Rucker. Yeah. Uh, Dykeman. Rucker. Yeah. I got that for you, man. I'm going to hook you up, man. Yeah. I'm going to hook you I, up. I go to the Rucker every time I go to New York. I went to, I got to tell you this really quick. I went to the Rucker in. December and it was snowing and I still went to the Rucker and uh, shot around for two hours. It drove my wife nuts. She's like, "We came to New York so you can shoot at the Rucker for two hours in the snow." <laughs> so had to do it. You got to go to the Dykeman. You got to go to the Dykeman. I the do. Dykeman I, is the new Rucker. Okay, I'll, I'll have to check it out because I've not been there yet. Have not been there yet. Uh, you got to go there. You got to go there. God, I'm gonna send you some stuff. I'm gonna send it to you after we off the. I'm gonna send you some stuff. Yeah, send me some stuff. You'll be my you'll be my tour guide for sure. But... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> thank hey, you uh, so much for having me on. Hey, thank you, man. You have a great day. We'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. All right, my friend. All right, have a good Take one. Care, thank you, you so much. You too. I'll keep this short and sweet, but a uh, big thanks to Conman for coming back on. What a great episode. Uh, really enjoyed Michael Concesio. Anytime he can come on and share his stories. It's always a good time. It's good to mix it up too. It's good to mix it up, but uh, shout out to him for everything that he does in the community, just all the names that he brings to the city and everything that he does to give back. I think it's amazing. You know, I mean, 
for, he's the ultimate dime dropper, but that is the ultimate dime that you can drop is to give back. And speaking of dropping dimes, thank you listeners. Uh, if you could drop us a dime, if you haven't already and leave us a comment or a review or a five star, it really does help us get really great guests. You'd be amazed with how many guests actually check out our reviews before they agree to come in on the show. Uh, they've referenced quite a few comments and thought it was really cool that we have such a special following. So if you haven't already, if you could drop us a dime, that'd mean the world to us, man. It really would. But uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you, con man. Uh, I am out. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>